Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today on the podcast we are talking actual football. USC defeats Arkansas State 55-6 to and we're going to talk with Coach Harvey Hyde all about the victory. A lot of questions from you, a lot of comments from you on the team, on the game. So we're going to get to each and every one of those for Coach Harvey Hyde. He gets a lot of people responding, want to hear what he has to say. You can follow Coach Harvey Hyde on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. And if you have any questions for us in the podcast, we do love to hear from you. Podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address. So you can email us there or you can leave us a voicemail a couple different ways. 641-715-3900 is the voicemail line and you can use extension 816-646 to leave a voicemail there or go to our website, peristylepodcast.com from any of your devices. Click on the left side of the page and you can leave us a voicemail right from your computer or your tablet or your phone. All that stuff right there on peristylepodcast.com. Don't forget iTunes.com slash peristylepodcast. A lot of people are subscribing through iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can use that. But go to iTunes.com slash peristylepodcast. Leave us some positive feedback. Five stars would be great. A lot of you guys have been doing that. We really appreciate it. It helps kind of boost up the show and, and reach more people. So we do appreciate all that. And a big introduction, but I wanted to bring in the coach, Harvey Hyde. What's up, coach? How you doing, sir? Ryan, how are you, buddy? And happy Labor Day to you and all of our listeners out there. I don't know what day you're listening to this podcast, but I hope you enjoyed your Monday. Uh, some of us, uh, well, we never have a day off because we love what we do. I hope your job is just as uh, like our job, Ryan, where you you get up and you you read the sports page. And well, I read the sports page. That's just an old habit. I like the sports page with a cup of coffee. Then. My day starts, but uh, it's been a busy weekend for everyone. A lot of people traveled. A lot of people went to the game, a late game, then an early morning show I had, and then back with you today, and then trying to fit in a workout here and there. You know how it is. It's just uh, another day today, but it's time to go. It is time to go, and uh, you know, happy Labor Day to everybody out there. We are working. We continue to. We always work on Labor Day, just because it's usually college football weekend. Uh, but I wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. Uh, SCTickets.com is the website, or you can give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for concerts, sporting events, you want to go to the theater, all that stuff, you can go to SCTickets.com, and they'll help you out. And we'll have more information at the end of the podcast on SC Tickets, so check them out for sure. And, uh, Coach, you know, when we, we first got on, uh, we do have a lot of questions, so we're going to try to get to those in a, in a minute. But I wanted to talk to you about the game first. Um, I think for the most part, people were pretty happy, uh, 55 to six over, you know, an outmanned opponent, but this is an opponent that put up a lot of points last year and had a prolific offense. A lot of guys coming back gave USC gave up some yards, but you know, for the most part, uh, you know, held them only six points, which is great. Of course, the offensive line there, you know, we're going to have questions and stuff about that with giving up five sacks and not necessarily kind of, you know, breaking through with some of the big runs, especially in the short yardage situation. I guess the biggest concern I had, Coach, was it became, and we've seen this kind of a, a theme the last few years, it's a big play offense where they make big plays, but you don't see the long 10, 12 play drives where they're picking up first downs. Uh, but third downs come, and it just seems like it, it's a different kind of offense. They're not, you know, I think they were 3 of 10 or something on third down. 
that you can't really sustain drives that way. So that was the biggest concern I had, I guess, coach, would the dri- being able to sustain drives. They scored a lot of points and they made some big plays, but it was really from the big plays and not from picking up, you know, 10, 15 yard chunks and getting and picking up first downs. No, uh, Ryan, that's the type of team it is. Uh, and, you know, it's always uh, great to get a big win in your opening game, especially every year, because that's the game you work on the longest as far as getting ready to play. The rest of them now are week by week by week. But 55-6 to six is a, you know, dominating victory against, uh, as you mentioned, I thought a pretty good offensive football team that I think really helped USC defensively as far as what their schemes are and what they do and an athletic quarterback. It gives them a chance to see somebody other than a scout team running the, an offense that they're going to have to stop. They're going to have to stop that type of offense the entire year. So I gave uh, all the rotation of different players an opportunity to get in there and see it, see it live. So congratulations to the Trojans for an opening game victory. I think the team demonstrated great team speed. It corrected a lot of mistakes that it had in the past, such as penalties. I love that when they only have three penalties. I think that's something that's really important. I thought they uh, tackled well. I think they bent, but they didn't break. And they are a big ten or a big team, a big play team, right? And, and it, there's no question about that. I mean, uh, they've got so many great skilled players that every time a skilled player touches the ball, you anticipate a big gain or a big play. And I think that's one reason why, you know, they didn't run as many plays is they didn't have to. They scored in such big plays that, that Arkansas State ran more plays than they did. And, and you can hurry up the offense, but you, you don't want to hurry it up too much where you lose the communication to all of your younger players and your players as far as the execution of the play. But I thought it was a, a great win. Uh, yes, I was a little concerned in the second half, I'll be honest with you, in the third quarter when Arkansas State drove right down the field and scored a touchdown, and I said, uh-oh, let's, here we go. But at halftime, I tweeted out, now let's see what happens in the second half because USC hasn't really played well in the second half before. And then on their first offensive series, uh, they fumbled the ball in the end zone. They got the ball on the two-yard line and three plays, and they punted it, and I didn't think that was a good series. But then defensively, they came back and played. They gave up yards. I agree with that. They gave up yards. But uh, they were able to stop a goal line stand, and I think that uh, was important. After Arkansas State uh, called a timeout and then ran that option to the right and, and uh, didn't score. So, uh, uh, looking at it all, I wish the two areas I wish they could have improved on more was seeing the kickoff go into the end zone. We yeah. talked about that. I wish Alex Wood would have had a chance to try or attempt a field goal or whoever they're going to use. But I thought their kickoff coverage was fierce, and they covered the ball. They kept the ball inside the 30 almost every time uh, when the ball wasn't going into the end zone. So that was good news. So that's a quick summary. We have a lot of questions, but the, the team speed certainly did uh, show up. The skilled players certainly did show up. Uh, show up. And, and I think one conclusion here I'll say before we get to our our uh, questions is everything you can correct if you have great players. If you have great players that can be corrected, then you can correct them. If you don't have great players, it's pretty hard to correct things when you can't play. So uh, everything can be corrected, and it's uh, they're going to look at the tapes and make it happen. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the questions, one other thing. One of the things we've harped on, I agree with you on the special team stuff, by the way. I also didn't, uh, there was a couple of opportunities to punt from inside your own 20 and the ball, I think, got around to the 50. Like, that's what I wanted to see change. I wanted to see 
those punts turn over and get beyond the, you know, really flip the field. And we weren't, you know, we didn't get to see that happen. Uh, and the, the kickoff, the, the kickoff team too, as well. Just you weren't seeing deep kickoffs. I think there's some, still some work on special teams, but one of the things we've harped on coach is, uh, being more aggressive on defense. Of course, they played, you know, tons of freshmen. They played a lot of people. It was almost like a hockey thing where they had two different lines. And they would play everybody, you know, a whole bunch of different guys played on defense. Did you see them play more aggressively on defense, and did you like what you saw there? Well, I liked what I saw. I said I thought they had more fun, and I think they're more aggressive. I agree 100%, and I liked the rotation. And I thought the three defensive linemen that played together as a unit uh, did a tremendous job. But Green hadn't had much of a camp, but he was in there playing. Daniels, I thought, played well. I liked Noah, uh, Noah Jefferson and the way he pursued. I thought the three uh Freshmen played well as a unit. I liked the, the skilled players. I'll tell you, you could see out there young players on the field and them getting accustomed to big-time football. They weren't used to sometimes getting hit, and all of a sudden they'd wake up and say, wow, this isn't like high school and isn't like practice. But, you know, you saw Gustin play around. You saw him get some, some good plays in there. And Messina, of course, a freshman scored a touchdown, which which was a great. And what I liked about that the most, most Ryan, was how alert a young player can be and going out there, picking up the ball, not waiting to see if it was a fumble or not, but running in down the sideline. And then later, yes, finding out, yes, it was a fumble. They scored a touchdown. So that's what you call effective smart playing football. And, and he, he did that. So, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that the young player, the players had an opportunity to get out there. And there's always things you have to do to clean up. But, uh, you know, it's hard to teach a guy to kick the ball farther. It's just hard to teach guys. Guys got to be able to kick the ball farther. And, you know, they've got what now? Four kickers. One, two, is they one, two, three, four. I think they got four kickers on scholarship now. Yeah. So that's a big number of scholarship kickers. Really, it is. That, that is a lot of scholarship kickers. Uh, I think someone can kick it into the end zone. So we'll see. There, there's definitely some improvements to be made, but not, not a bad thing for a coach when you get a big win like that, but also have. Uh, obvious areas you can work on. So, I mean, it's probably not bad for the coaching staff that they have things that they really need to work on. They do. After the first game, you always have things to look at. And, and you know, all their things are, are correctable. Uh, they're all things that are part of a first game. They're all things you got to work on, and that's why you film the, film the game and break the game down, and the coaches evaluate each player individually, and each player can then see themselves under combat. And, and it's good. I think it was... Uh, a good opening victory, and I think that Blake Anderson said it best. He, he uh, when he was interviewed after the game, we can see why they are an outstanding football team because they are a good football team. So uh, they are, and you got a nice compliment from your opponent. I think he was ready to throw the white flag in there and get out of there and get back to Arkansas. <laughs> well, we're not throwing the white flag in on the podcast. We have to get to all these questions now. So we'll start with Tark, who is great because he's always got like short and to the point questions. From He says, from what you saw, would you be comfortable keeping Cameron Smith as the starting middle linebacker? Well, it's hard to say, <clears throat> of course, because uh, uh, he. Well, I think he had seven unassisted tackles and as he played. It was the first starting game of the year. Uh, uh, it was difficult for me to see every player every down. And now the linebacker coach will, will look at him and evaluate him on his running ability and where he is. He got a nice tip on one play. I'm not sure if he was the one that tipped the ball or not, the Suva Craven intercepted, but he moves around. He's around the football. Uh, if there's any one thing I question about him, one thing, not his toughness, believe me. He's a football player. 
is how well he can run, and we'll find out as we go along on, on the running ability. Uh, but uh, I didn't have a chance to evaluate them all. They're running them in and all and out all the time. So I didn't really get a good feel on that. And I'm trying to watch down distance situation, formation, everything else when I chart the game. So uh, to evaluate him, I'd have to watch an entire game tape. Yeah, it makes sense. It's tough. I mean, it looked good, but yeah, like we're not watching him on every play. So we'll see if Lamar Dawson's going to be able to come back. But he'll be in the, obviously he's going to play a lot, start or not. Uh, I don't think that matters as much to these coaches. Um, Steven San Diego has a question. Great win. Did I see that right? Did we run a fullback and throw to the tight end two times, all in the same scoring drive? Overall, great performance. The one hiccup would be seeing the offensive line improve and run and pass blocking. It says, this question might be uh, best answered by the coach. Since the season is so young, how long do we uh, wait before we get too excited? Does it take three, four weeks before we can see how good or bad teams that we beat are? Thanks again for a great podcast, Steve in San Diego. Well, I think you should always be excited uh, because I'm excited. Like I said uh, on the pregame show, I didn't sleep well the night before. I felt like I was coaching that game. You're waiting to see exactly uh, what what's going to happen. What type of football team do we have? How are we going to play on the field as a unit? Are we going to have 11 or 12 guys on the field at all the time? Are we going to have 12 guys or 11 guys or 10 guys? How's the substitution going to go? I think that all went pretty smooth. How are the penalties going to be and all, all the different things? Are we have? Are we going to create a lot of turnovers? They did. Are we going to have turnovers? They didn't. These are things that are important to see, and you, you've learned and taught during the off season and fall camp, and those things are important. Now, uh, it wasn't Notre Dame you played, but you don't have to play Notre Dame till later on. Uh, so you know you got to work about. You got to think about getting better every week. And Idaho, of course. Is a, is a team that isn't going to really challenge USC, so you've got to get better during the week. So this week of practice is so important to USC when they go against each other, bigs against bigs and speed against speed, to become a better football team because Idaho is not going to prepare you for Stanford, Arizona State, or any of those other teams you've got to play. Idaho is a team that you come in, you show them a highlight film on Idaho, you talk about Idaho, but you talk about who we are and what we have to do. Because remember, Idaho goes in the left-hand column or the right-hand column, and you want to make sure it goes in the left-hand column and you don't stink it up, you don't embarrass yourself, and you win with a lot of pride. All right, let's go to Mike in Quartz Hill, California. He says, this is for Coach Hyde. I don't normally like to criticize coaching strategies because there are lots of ways to do things. But what are your thoughts about using offensive linemen like Zach Banner as your personal protectors on the punt team. To me, with punters rarely being able to tackle, you're already playing with 10 on 11. With three offensive linemen covering, you're playing 7 on 11, and you're wearing out a guy you would worry about in pass, you worry about in pass protection in the first place. Very interesting points from Mike. Well, then, actually, you're talking about putting the three big guys back there and then, uh, forming a wall where people uh, have to run around them and they can't get to the kicker. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really see that as an advantage because you know Banner doesn't. If he needed to make a tackle, he's not going to be able to make a tackle. Not that you know he's not used to covering. He's not used to lateral movements. He's not used to doing that. Uh, and having him on the uh, punt team, I don't think would give you an advantage. 
I think you just have to have three people line up back there that know what the hell they're doing and what they're thinking about, and they know the rules and regulations and know that nobody comes up the middle and you force everybody to the outside. So I think that's the number one key thing you have to do there. Not that Bannock couldn't do it, but I don't need, think it's necessary to take offensive players and put them in those type of positions uh, when you really don't have to. So I think that's the best way to explain that. And, you know, he doesn't have great speed, and not that he should have great speed, but you want guys that are athletic, too. Not that he's not athletic, but athletic at being able to cover the field and play, and used to playing defense. No, I mean, that's a really good point. Like, I, I don't know if getting punts blocked or, is a real issue. Um, but yeah, it, it hurts the coverage team by having, uh, you know, a six foot eight, 350 pound guy out there. He's not really going out and, and making a lot of tackles. I didn't really think about it that way before, but it's, uh, I, I, the concern I had with the punting team is like, he's, he's been really good at, at dropping it inside the 20 and they did that two or three times in the game. But the, the issue I always had was, and I talked to him this fall, coach, uh, Chris Alvarado about he was booming punts in practice and wanting to be able to see that on a more consistent basis. When you're punting on your own side of the field, it's different and you're trying to flip the field and you're trying to get it across the 50 and pin the, and, you know, if you can pin the guy deep, it's fine, but just at least flip the field a little bit. And that just wasn't happening on the longer punts you know it's 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 it seems like a little it, it was a, a concern for me i don't know if that has anything to do with protection at all if, if you saw that too but i thought that we would see kind of an improvement there and it's only the first game but that's still something i want to see where usc's kind of pinned in deep and they're able to rip out a punt that just goes 60 yards in the air and flip the field well i think you have to have that if you're going to be a championship game field position is so important and you know all these guys do is kick all day and they're on a full scholarship. I used to tell them, you know, just just do what you're supposed to do. You don't get hit. You don't do anything <laughs> else. We protect you. If somebody hits you, we get mad at the other guy. So, uh, you know, I, I think you expect that. You expect a guy to come in and you give him a scholarship. Now, they've scholarshiped another uh, punter from the city of San Francisco, uh, junior college. And, uh, you know, myself is uh, – if you've got him on scholarship, hey, and the other guy didn't get it done, play him. And I'm not trying to put pressure on the punter, but I'm saying you've got to have the kicking game. You've got to be able to make field goals. You've got to be able to uh, kick off in the end zone where you get run backs. You've got to keep the ball away from their best players, and that's normally who is the, who is the punt returner as far as an athlete, punt returner, speed guy, and the kickoff returner guy, speed guy. You've got to have field position after you score. So I, I think it's really important that you have this phase of the game. And right now when I look at the kicker scholarship situation, you're burning blue, blue shirt scholarships where you can now only get 20 scholarships on this recruiting 2016 upcoming recruiting class. I say, hey, you must have scholarshiped him because you're not happy with what's going on. So let's have a competition to get the best guy in the field. And I'm not trying to put down any kicker for parents listening. I'm just saying you expect excellent to be able to champ, be a champion. And I, and I expect that out of all phases of the game, no matter what position you play and what your responsibility is to the team. Yeah, no, Chris is a great kid. We love him. And, you know, we talked to his parents too. And I, I think they listen. Um, and I talked to him. I did a, a nice feature on him and stuff. Just want to see, they didn't practice him as much. He didn't get as many reps. And, uh, but I didn't see those kind of rips out of the, you know, the, the side of the field. So we'll, we'll see. We don't, we don't want to harp on that too much. You feel bad. Uh, Chris is no, cool no. Kid. And I yeah. don't want to get on Chris's butt, but Chris, just relax. Don't pressure. Yeah. Sometimes kickers stress out a little bit and they try too hard. Just do what you do. 
and relax, and it'll happen. That's the best way to say it. Well, let's go to uh, Dennis in Lancaster. He says, uh, good win on Saturday, but I was really disappointed in the offensive line play in the first half. Five sacks is unacceptable. With so many linemen returning with experience, I thought the offensive line would not be having these problems. Do you think it was a poor game plan or poor coaching by Bob Connolly? Thanks and love the show. Fight on. Well, you know, I, I felt the same way. Uh, you can't have that many sacks, and I think some were the offensive lines fault. I think once, uh, you know, they were coming a lot, blitzing a lot and so on, and sometimes they didn't call the right blocking schemes to make sure everybody was picked up on the inside. They were outnumbered. They were, one time I think a back didn't block his his assignment properly. But then again, I saw uh, sometimes, and I'm not going to pick out players' names, and I shouldn't have done that on the punting area either. I apologize as far as the pun is concerned. But, but uh, they didn't look athletic at times in pass blocking. I mean, they were lunging instead of, you know, stepping, taking position steps, being in a great position, and make the guy beat you. Don't beat yourself at your first step or lunge out. You've got to be able to be in a position where you protect. You know where the quarterback is. You've got to make it tough for that guy to get to where the quarterback is. And at times, some of the linemen weren't doing that. And uh, I was surprised, to be honest with you, that some people look stiff. And uh, I don't know if they're jumping over a rope or moving around enough, or but they didn't look athletic at times. And that sort of disappointed me, not that offensive linemen are the most athletic person on your football team, but you've got to be athletic enough to block athletic defensive linemen and not get beat by moves and got to be able to move and anticipate moves and keep them away from your body and get your arm out there and get down in a good position to block them. And at times they weren't doing that. And I'm not trying to talk uh, against techniques that are being taught. I don't think they followed those techniques properly. And I agree. It was not a great pass blocking game. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think communication was an issue. I try to talk to different people about it, and Steve Sarkeesian mentioned on the conference call, it wasn't just the offensive line, but we knew we'd get a lot of questions about, you know, having a new offensive line coach, the whole line coming back, plus Chad Wheeler. Um, there looked like there were some communication issues, and, they, you know, they did some different stuff, different stunts, and they, you know, tried to mix things up on the defensive line. You got to give credit to, to Arkansas State, but there, there did look to be some confusion going on, kind of more than anything. You're, you're right, and, and when you get confused, a lot of times what you want to do is go to maximum protection and make sure you get your, your pass off and toward your skilled people or keep your tight end in and block. And and at the end of the game, you saw he started to tear. I don't want to call it a rollout, but he started to go to the outside and throw his passes because he was running away from the uh, the pressure coming inside. And, and I don't think you're going to have to. You, you should be able to have to do that. I think you should be, if you have to, you just step down the inside, you block solid, keep your tight end, put the back to the other side, block solid, force, force solid, uh, force everybody to come to the outside and throw to your skilled receivers. Uh, put them one-on-one in some of those guys out there, your crossing routes, routes, post routes, three-step drops, five-step drops, and, and block up solid so that if they are stunning or there are people coming through, you, you force the only way they come is from the outside. You got a tight end, you got a back blocking offside. And you're in good shape, uh, you know. So you got to be prepared for anything that during a game, if you're not being able to block up people and there's just confusing you, then you got to go to different type of blocking schemes to make sure. Yeah, you don't have as many receivers in the route, but your receivers are better athletes than the defensive backs. And if you throw the right 
passing routes, you'll be able to get them open. Uh, let's go to Big Nick. He said, so all in all, it was a great game, but the one glaring issue was the offensive line, which we talked about. Um, he says, I love the freshman class. Who's your player of the week? My player of the week? Man. Well, a couple of players, first of all, that stood out to me when I watched him play is, of course, Suva Craven. I mean, he's just a great player. I mean, he tackles well. He's got football smarts. He's a great athlete. He's where he's supposed to be. He's a playmaker, okay? I thought for the first time him playing in a long time, Greg Townsend, I saw a lot of action out of him. I saw him running around. I saw him pursuing. I saw him playing really hard. I thought Simmons played hard at times. He really did. I watched him quite carefully. So I really, really thought on the defensive side of the ball, I think Chris Hawkins had a good game for the first time that he was uh, in as a safety. He got two turnovers himself as far as an interception and also recovered fumble when I say himself, where he's part of recovering the ball or intercepting it. So to just pick out one person, that's the difficult thing to do. Uh, on the offensive side of the football, uh, gosh, it was good to see Stevie Mitchell back. I'm sorry about Adoree Jackson getting that abdominal pull and sprain. And you've heard me talk about that a lot. I don't want to bring it up, so I'm not going to bring it up as far as the more of you play, the more chances are somebody getting hurt. Uh, I liked what I saw out of uh, Jones, the running back. He's the type of back that USC needs as far as a overall burst. And, and not, the entire backfield played well. When you go to Madden and Ware and the whole thing, everybody that played. I think Cody Kessler, when you throw, what, 76%, that can't be too bad with the pressure he had. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, all these things can be corrected. It isn't like where well, you're really in trouble is when you look at the film and you say, you know, he can't play, or he can't play, or he can't play, or we can't do this anymore because we don't have any players. All the things we're talking about are what you play the game, and that's why you go in on Sunday to see what you can do better on Monday. Yeah. So uh, that's what I look at in the opening game. So, you know, let's don't uh, get overworked up. Uh, there's always areas to work on. And you know what's funny is everybody always points it out, and I do on the same way. I'm all on my list of things you got to get better at rather than what you did well. <laughs> so that always happens, Ryan. And you can do it for the podcast, too. Let us know what, what you don't like. You tell you know, compliments are great, but criticism. We'll tell you how we can make it better is good. Um, Jesse Rodriguez is uh, retired from the U.S. Army. He hasn't written in for a while up in Seattle. Um, he had a couple observations and a question. He says, I was first impressed with the level of talent uh, the first game uh, with all the players. It's apparent the talent, especially of all the freshmen, they look like they hit a grand slam with the last two recruiting classes. Hard to disagree there. He said, I was also relieved with the overall coaching in this game. The defensive game calling seemed very aggressive, and Coach Sarkeesian was more involved with the team. Amazing what a little change here and there in philosophy can do for your team. And then his question was, although Cody uh, eventually played well and had some great plays, do you think he holds on to the ball too long, or do you think he just expected the offensive line to hold up better in the first half. Very excited, looking forward to a great season, and love the new show format. Well, thank you very much, and it's great to have you back. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, it's easy to c criticize a quarterback, but he's your leader. He's your guy that makes it happen. Look at the first touchdown pass he threw to Juju Smith. I mean, he was forced to step up in the pack, pocket, still threw that ball perfectly and hit him perfectly. And uh, he ran down the, the field and uh, scored a touchdown because he's a great athlete catching the ball. Yes, he overthrew a couple of guys. Yeah, You know, that's going to happen. You know, every play you don't score a touchdown on. 
and a lot of people uh, expect every single play that uh, to score a touchdown. That doesn't happen. You got to be patient, and you got to be able to let things happen. You got to be patient on de- developing the running game. If you only make three yards on a play, don't panic. Don't throw the ball. I mean, prove to people you can run the football. Prove to your team that you can run the football. But if you get your guys through the line of scrimmage, they're the type of guys that can make big plays. So you just stay with it and you go with it. Cody's a great leader. And Cody's the guy that makes it all happen. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, you can say that, you know, he holds the ball sometimes, but what are you going to do? Let him throw it out of bounds? If a guy's not open, you don't want him to throw the football. If he throws the football, he's going to throw it out of bounds. And sometimes he holds the ball and sometimes he makes another great move and gets out of the pocket or makes the play happen. He's a playmaker type of guy. So, you know, yeah, you coach off the film, and and yes, sometimes he holds the ball a little bit more and he gets sacked, but that's the way it is. You know, he's not the type of scrambling type of quarterback that when they come up the middle, he can just rake to the right and run and make 15 yards. So you know where he's going to be, so you try to go after him and and and, and try to uh, form a, a scheme and a defensive plan that you can get to him. So they've got to work on protecting him. That's all. If you protect Cody Kessler, he's going to get you the football. So as far as, you know, people talking about he overthrew a couple of guys, okay, he overthrew a couple of guys. But that's going to happen in every football game. I see Peyton Manning doing that. I see other guys doing that. These guys are making millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so let's have a little patience with Kobe. And he had a really the one play that he threw to uh, Isaac Whitney where it looked like he was going to be sacked and got away and made a big play there. I mean, that was all Kessler. Uh, being evasive and being able to keep the play alive. So yeah, I thought he played fine. I mean, it would, I think there was definitely some communication stuff going on and it wasn't always on him. I mean, sometimes they just got to him pretty quickly. You know, it was a little delayed stunt or something and no, you know, a guy came clean. It wasn't like they got, they beat their block. It was just no one was blocking the guy. So, you know, they got him pretty quickly. I don't think you can put that on Cody Kessler. I agree 100%. I'll tell you, I'd want him to be my quarterback. And since we're talking about quarterbacks and I don't know if somebody asked, this question or not. I was really happy Max Brown got in there and Max had a chance to play a full quarter and they let him play. What I mean is they ran the ball, they passed the ball, he made a nice, uh, uh, what was it, about a 41-yard completion. To, uh, I forget who it was to right now. But, but you know, he built a lot, he grew a lot on that quarter. He became a, a better person, a more confident person. The team became more confident with him. So whenever they have that type of opportunity, no matter who they play, you got to get uh, Max in the game and let him get some turns. For sure. Um, all right, and we have. Let's see. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was it, Coach. Oh, so um, he the the comment he had about the um the the philosophy in the like one of his comments about changing the the philosophy, how much of a difference that can make. I, I really do think that that made uh, a difference um, as far as being more aggressive on defense. I just think the attitude of the team was, was better. And I think even if the, the roster is definitely better, but I think just that change in attitude a little bit, it, it went a long way for this, for these guys. How long have we been talking about that? You play offense on defense. You've heard me talk about that now for five years. You got to have fun. You got to get after people. You got to have people thinking on that offense rather than knowing where you're going to be. You can't ever let them know everything you're doing. Keep them guessing. Sometimes you show it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you show it and you do it. Sometimes you show it and you you don't, then you do it. So there's a lot of different things that you have to do to mix up an offensive uh, person today. If you let somebody stand back there, an offensive lineman, know who he's going to block every down and so on, it causes confusion. Or it causes, 
he's, he's easy to understand it. It's easy to game plan. But when you move around and they, you give them a different sun every week or a different look every week or something else they haven't prepared for, then you, then then the guys are ready to do it. Too. They're excited to run it, too, when you call it. Okay, here we go. This is going to be a big play. And they get after it. And uh, they go 100%. And what I liked is I think everybody played hard. I think everybody played hard. And, and, and I always look for that. Are guys pursuing full speed or they, oh, the play's away from me and I'll just take my time? How about, was it? Greg Townsend, yes, Greg Townsend. I think they ran a quarterback pass back or something, or some reverse or something, and Greg Townsend had contained on the backside. A couple of years ago, he'd have been way out of the play, and they'd have gone around. He stayed there and, and stopped it. I think Suva Craven came up or somebody made a nice tackle on the play. I mean, you like to see people in position, too. So, you know, I, 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 for the first game, a lot of people played. Yes, there are a lot of things that went right. Yes, there's a lot of things that went wrong. But can you correct all these things? You can. And uh, I think that's what you got to look at. you just got to stay aggressive, stay after it, keep adding to your offense, keep adding to your defense. I'd like to have them have more of an offensive type of attack outside somehow so they can't pinch down. But they know Cody's never going to run the ball with the outside on the options and stuff or, fall, or fake the – fake the, the read and then run up the hole behind it or fake the read and run the other way up the hole. That's not going to happen. So somehow, but without a tight end, blocking tight end, it's difficult to do a lot of that stuff too. But uh, we'll see what happens. Game number two coming up here next Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff. That's true. Uh, oh, we have one more question for you, Coach. Uh, this is Percy. says, I must be too old school, but I think USC is too soft to win the conference. So we got all this positivity, Coach, and then Percy's coming with us. Uh, all of the Trojan Championship teams were able to run the ball even when the opponent knew uh, we were going to run. That's a sign of dominance. I think Sark gets too cute in the red zone trying to fool people when he needs to tell the line coach to play smash mouth. He may coach himself out of his dream job if they don't beat UCLA and Notre Dame, who have really good defensive lines. Percy. Well, let me tell you, I believe in Percy as far as what he's saying. I think you have to, uh, that by being able to run the football, you're a physical football team and you're tougher guys. I'm just telling you that. If you notice during the football game when they started running the football and started to decide to run the football, and I keep waiting for them to be a running football team rather than just a passing football team, uh, you know, they're getting a little bit closer this week. But they always, to me, have reminded me they want to throw the ball before they run the football. But when you run the football, Play action pass really works well and stops, stops the rush and everything else. If you remember, they were driving down the field. Well, they had two big plays when Madden and Jones broke for touchdowns, but it's still running plays. They got to step up. Linebackers got to stop up, step up and stop those plays. But remember down on the goal line when they ran that little bootleg, threw the ball out in the flat, got a touchdown. Hell, that was just so easy and so beautiful because they had the pursuit of the run. You were running the football. They couldn't. They didn't even think about the bootleg. And Cody was rolling out there, tossed the ball out there to the tight end or whoever it was out there. Who was it that caught that touchdown pass? I can't even remember. Uh, Taylor McNamara, the tight end there. Yeah, that's right. McNamara caught it out there. It's just beautiful when you have that type of play. But that all comes off of because you're running the football. If you were just to run that play and you didn't set it up, it wouldn't work. But because you're running the ball and you're setting it up, it was beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful, and that's all play-action pass because they believe you're running the football. They start to believe you're running the football. They don't believe you're going to run the football. Hey, you know, that stuff isn't going to work. 
So once you run the football and they have to stop the run, otherwise you're not going to pass the ball anyway, and then you play action pass like that, easy six points. It was beautiful, beautiful. Well, Coach, great stuff. Our first game recap of 2015. It's great to talk about actual football with you. It's always fun and getting your insights. We got a lot of questions and stuff. So thanks to for getting to all of those, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, again, I it's a lot of fun because uh, everyone makes it fun and asking questions and working with you, Ryan, is absolutely a, a great uh, experience for me because I love working with you and you have a great uh, uscfootball.com uh, website and network and people if they want to follow USC football, uh, just just go in or join it or whatever you have to do and it'll be absolutely fabulous, Ryan. And again, I. Want to wish everyone out there a great Labor Day weekend or Labor Day today. Light the barbecue and uh, let's let's talk the next week. All right, happy uh, Labor Day, Coach. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone else. You were listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Really appreciate you listening to the show. We'll talk to you next time. And here's a quick message from Southern California Tickets. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.